Can you believe Christmas is tomorrow? How simple has your Christmas season been? Every year I come into the season going, okay, we're going to slow down. We're going to do things differently this year. Failed. I found myself at the mall yesterday shopping, right? Like, I was like, I'm not going to wait until the day before the day before Christmas to shop for my wife. Shh, don't tell her. I was that guy running around the mall going, oh, there's people everywhere in lines, and why do people wait? My wife and I, we love, we love Christmas. And uh, two days before Thanksgiving, we uh, went to set up our decorations for Christmas. And uh, we made our way down to the basement where all the moving boxes, you know, that haven't been unpacked still are just sitting there staring at us. They'll probably be there five years from now. We're digging through box after box trying to find our old Christmas decorations, our new Christmas decorations, the lights and where everything was. You know, there's there's little timers, right, that you can never find the timers to put on your lights. You go buy more, right? And now I probably have 50 of them everywhere, and we got everything decorated. I'm like, ah, oh, it looks good. Well, a couple of weeks ago, my family with some friends, we went to Brooklyn to look at the lights. I was like, is that safe? <laughs> I didn't know, right? I had these, these scenes of being shot in my head, which isn't very festive. So we, uh, so we made our way up this street, and it was just... I. It's a thing in Brooklyn. I mean, these lights, it's amazing. And at first I'm like, oh, amazing lights. This is Christmas. And then quickly I was like, I don't even have a strand of lights outside my house. Not one. I felt so inadequate. I wanted to find their, like, their power box and just turn off their lights. You know, I'm like, ah. My wife and I love Christmas traditions. And every year we have, I mean, it's just, it's getting out of control. And this year, we've added another tradition, and it's this, this Kate on the sh- or elf on the shelf thing. I don't know if you've heard about it. If you have young kids, you probably have. It's this scary elf that moves around your house, right? I mean, it, it is. It's scary. It has these weird eyes, and like it just every day, it's in a different place, and it watches your kids. And so we've added it. Why not? Because we have something else to do. And so Kate's been moving around our house, right, watching over the kids, the last 24 hours for us has just been insane. Shopping and wrapping presents. Every, every Christmas we, we do prime rib, so we go to the butcher to get a prime rib. I think everyone in Short Hills and Summit and Chatham and from 100 miles around came to this one butcher to get their meat, right? So we're there. This morning we woke up and we had cookies to make and, and cookies to frost and all this stuff getting ready for Christmas. And I'm not sure if you're like me, but you come running into this place. For some of you, you're like, oh, we have to go to church. Check. (laughs) Run out. Right now, you're hoping I'm going to end early. Right? (laughs) Come on. Let's be honest. You're like, come on. Just speed it up. Speed it up. We're at church. Great. Okay. Jesus and out. Right? I know. I get it. I get it. Right? But I'm not going to end early. And I have to be here until 8 tonight. So, you know. Right? How simple has Christmas been this year? Well, then I had this thought this season. Uh, this is an amazing nativity. My, my parents went to uh, 
Israel a couple years ago, and uh, they brought this gift back, and it was probably one of the most uh, amazing gifts for us, because it was, it was made uh, hand-carved out of olive wood. And so it's just, you know, it just brings a whole different meaning to Christmas, especially when you look at this nativity and realize it was, it was hand-carved out of olive wood from Israel, right? It's just this whole different depth. But I started thinking about it, how complex the nativity is, right? I mean, there's a lot jammed in here, right? You, you can hardly find Jesus. I mean, he's there, but it's, it's hard to find him. And so I started thinking to myself, well, there's a lot of stuff going on. Do we need everything? Like, do we need the sheep? I mean, sheep are stupid, <laughs> right? I mean, what are they good for? I mean, yeah, we need their wool, but man, they're loud and annoying. They're like, meh, you know, like, we don't need the sheep, and we don't even know if sheep were there. I'm sure they kicked the sheep out because they're not potty trained. So, so we can quickly remove the sheep. And then the cow, I mean, again, a cow, it's great. I mean, I love, we just ordered, I've, I have never done this, uh, got ordered a half a cow. I'm not sure where we're going to put the meat, right? Oh, it's in New Jersey. I can just leave it outside until July. <laughs> right? We don't need the cow. I mean, the cow's good and all. I mean, but and then the donkey, and there's not much I can say about the... Anyway, we're in church. And then the shepherds. Have you ever thought about this? I mean, the she- shepherds show up the night Jesus was born. Ladies, do you want complete strangers breaking into your hospital room right after you gave birth? Right? It's like the most awkward moment for strangers to come in. It's, it's awkward for family members, right? I mean, your hair and makeup, and you, you're not looking. I mean, you look beautiful. You just had a child, but right? It's not your finest moment. And you had strangers come busting in going, hey, we're here. I'm sure Mary's like, ah, can you give me 24 hours, right? I mean, they're important to the story, but come on. And then we have the Magi, and uh, if you are here a couple weeks ago, we talked about the Magi, and we're not sure, uh, but there were probably not three of them, even though there were three gifts. My wife is still telling me how much that has messed her up. She goes, there has to be three. Like, we don't know that. But I told her, you can, in your world, believe that there's three. I'm fine with that. But right, they, they probably weren't there for, I mean, some scholars say, think that Jesus was a toddler, you know, 18 months or so. By the time the, the Magi from afar made their way. So they weren't there that night at all. Then we have Joseph. Oh. You know, so many times we think about you know, Bible stories and we forget that right, they're human beings like you and I. Okay, dad's out there. Not your second, third, fourth, or fifth child. By that time, you're an expert. Your first child. Do you remember that moment? right? That moment in the hospital room, your whole world is spinning out of control. The nurse came up to me and she talked down to me like I was a little five-year-old. She goes, okay, dad, this is what I need you to do. I need you to hold your wife's leg. Don't drop it. I'm like, I won't drop it. Like I'm not, right? I'm a grown man. She goes, no, I need you to make sure you hold onto her leg. No, no matter what you do, don't drop her. Like I'm not, I'm not going to drop her leg. Like, I'm talking like this to her. I was a little amped, like I was so excited. I was like, oh, baby, right? Claire, Claire comes out, and you know what I did? It was like 
It was like watching football. I go, yeah! Right? She goes sliding off. The nurse runs over yelling at me. She goes, I told you not to. That wasn't in my notes. That's just free. Last hour didn't get that story. My wife might <laughs> scratch that story from next hour, so this is a very special service. <laughs> right? This is where Moses, or uh, what's his name? Joseph was at. Moses. <laughs> he was a baby in a little. Right? This was Joseph was at. He was a new dad. His head spinning. He's realizing that his whole life is changing, and his son's the Messiah. What do you think was going on emotionally for him? And then there's Mary. Oh, Mary. Didn't have a choice. Wasn't asked. Wasn't sat down and said, hey, I have an idea. Are you open? (laughs) I know it's kind of crazy, but it was thrust upon her. How many people laughed at her. How many people talked behind her back? How many people questioned her? How many people doubted her? How many people turned their back on her? How many people? But you see, the nativity is really about Jesus, isn't it? I mean, without Jesus, there is no nativity. And all these other, other characters are important in the story. But today, we wanted to kind of just simply stop and focus on Jesus. Because it's so easy for Jesus to get lost, isn't it? It's so easy for Jesus to get lost in all the Christmas music. It's so easy for Jesus to get lost in the shopping and the buying and the wrapping of presents. It's so easy for Jesus to get lost in the baking of cookies and decorating the tree. It's so easy for Jesus to get lost even in the nativity. In Luke chapter 2, we find this, this part of the Christmas story. And it's probably not going to be a new story for, for all of you. But it's so important for us to pause and realize that the story is about Jesus. And only Jesus. So the story starts out like this in Luke chapter 2. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be Afraid. You know the word afraid is literally translated to to flee, to flight. The angel literally said to the shepherd, Stop running. Get back here. It's important. How would you react in that moment? It's quiet. It's dark. You have one of the most mindless jobs. You're bored as bored could be. 
There's no more stars to count. You're done with that. And out of nowhere, an angel. And not just an angel, the radiance of God. How scared would you be? When Moses came to the burning bush and realized that God was speaking to him in the burning bush, he was so afraid, he fell on his face. Paul, on the road to Damascus, when he realized that God was talking to him, he fell on his face. You see, this first moment in this Christmas story, fear erupts. But so many times, fear in the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus, right? We usually don't put fear with that. Right? Do they connect? They do. You see, the shepherds were in the presence of the Almighty God. The radiance of God surrounded them. And you see, when we're in the presence of God, we should have some fear in us. We should be in a position to realize that he is God and we are not. He is all-knowing and we are not. He is all-powerful and we are not. He is everywhere and we are so, so finite. He is the definition of love and we have mutilated the word. When we're in the presence of God, we should have a presence of fear to realize how amazing God is and that we are not. For some of you, you walked into a church this afternoon and it's been a long time coming. I mean, literally someone probably dragged you up three flights of stairs and you're like, come on. I didn't have to work to come up to church. And you walk through these doors and there was some fear inside. You weren't sure what to expect. You weren't sure what the crazy preacher on stage was going to say. You weren't sure about the music, which is probably still shocking you right now. And you're sitting there. And what you're scared most about is that you know God has something to say to you. And just maybe, just maybe, this afternoon, you might just stop long enough to listen to him. You might just stop long enough to listen. The angel went on. He said, I bring you, you, I bring you. What a personal, personal moment. You know the story about Jesus and the nativity is this personal story for you. Where Jesus is saying, no, no, I have something for you. I came into this world for you. Are you facing right now a world that's just really messed up? And literally your whole world spins about around you. All you think about is you. All your wants, all your needs, all, all your desires. I want you to know that 
This message is for you. Are you staring in the kind of the proverbial mirror? Not liking who you are and what you've become, what you have done. I want you to know that this message is for you. Are you consumed with mind-numbing questions, doubts, fears? This message is for you. Are you angry, bitter, thoroughly ticked off with God? This message is for you. Are you facing one of the most difficult moments of your life? And you're not sure if you can push through. You're not sure if you can make it to the other side. You're desperately trying to look forward. And everything you see is cloudy. This message is for you. Are you filled with an anxiety that just dominates every moment you're awake? You try to push through your day and the the anxiety just overwhelms you. And all you want to do is sleep. Because when you sleep, you don't have to face it. And as soon as you wake up, it's pounding at your front door. And you can't get, get away from it. This message is for you. Are you concealing a secret? Oh, you're an expert at keeping it hidden but it's affecting you from the inside out. This message is for you. Are the relationships all around you imploding? This message is for you. Are you sitting there right now, no clue how you got to a church on Christmas Eve? This message is for you. You see, it's a very personal message. The angels went on. And the angel said, I bring you good news that will bring you great joy. In verse 11, they said, he said, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. You see, Jesus makes the nativity, right? It's about him. If we remove Jesus... There's nothing. And I know it's one of those simple thoughts. But how many times over this Christmas season have you really stopped and focused on the whole reason we celebrate Christmas? It's about Jesus. But you see, this isn't the beginning. Right? So many times we think that Christmas and the birth of Jesus is kind of like this beginning point. But it's not the beginning. Jesus, God, chose to to step off his throne and come into this world to be born, to become man, to walk on this world, to experience everything that you and I have, have experienced. To be tempted in every way but be without sin. And to die on a cross. He chose this. This moment in history. My wife and I, we uh, had to go shopping. And so she, she said, my wife Kim said, let's go to Toys R Us. I said, okay, awesome. And so I found a Toys R Us in Rockaway, New Jersey. 
I know there's one closer. But you know what? We're new. And we're like, let's go on an adventure. Rockaway sounds cool. Let's go there. So we took all these back roads and we headed up to Rockaway and we came through Dover, New Jersey. And uh, as we're driving through Do- Dover, I looked over at this house and there was this nativity set, set up. I mean, this old, rickety, plastic, fading nativity set. But what caught my, my attention was they had baby Jesus with his big plastic zip tied, zip tied to the manger. I didn't know, like, if I should be offended or if that was funny or if I, I was so conflicted. I'm like, you have Jesus zip tied to a manger, right? Like, what if someone stole Jesus? Like, maybe they need Jesus more than you, right? Maybe that's what, I, I had someone literally steal my Bible one time at church. I'm like, they stole my Bible. That's weird. Like, they took it. I'm like, well, at least they get to Exodus to the Ten Commandments, and they might find, thou shalt not steal, right? <laughs> then I thought to myself, well, maybe they needed my Bible more than I needed my Bible, and so I bought a new one. But you know, then I thought about, you know what? If Jesus is out of the manger, guess what? There's no nativity. Because it's about him. It's about him. The angel finished out by saying, I will bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. To all people. I started thinking back through this, this nativity. And I started thinking back through to the shepherds. The shepherds were the outcasts of society. They were the ceremonially unclean people. They were shunned. People ignored them. They didn't want the shepherds around them. And what I find is so amazing in this story is what? Who was first there? The shepherds. The first to worship Jesus were the outcasts. Then I started thinking about the magi. The kings, the wealthy kings from the east bringing gifts fit for a king. But you know what's interesting about the Magi? They had no relationship with God. They were occultists, astrologists, magicians. They believed in all types of gods and faiths over the years. They didn't believe in the one true God. Yet they showed up, and the first thing they did, Matthew 2, was they bowed and worshipped the King of Kings. So we have the outcasts of society, and we have the people that were so unconnected from God, who didn't believe in God, who had their own sets of beliefs showing up. Then you think about Joseph. Joseph. 
Where do you think he was at emotionally? How many doubts do you think Joseph had, right? I mean, how many moments did he, did he look at Mary and literally say, come on, Mary, come on. Just tell me the truth. Come on, really, what's his name? Ser- w- wouldn't you, right? You're like, come, Mary, it's enough. The charade's gone on long enough. Come on. I mean, we'll love you no matter what. We won't kick you out. Just tell Tell me the truth. But you know what? It's amazing about Joseph. He remained. Through all the doubts, he remained. Through all the questions, he remained. Through all the skeptics, he remained. Through all the moments where he literally said, really? He remained. He remained faithful. He remained true. He remained walking down the path that was set before him. He remained. He remained. And then there's Mary, the chosen. Didn't ask for it. But God placed a call in her life. And you know what she did? She faithfully accepted it. And no matter what people said about her, no matter how many people shunned her, no matter how many people walked away from her, no matter how many people questioned her, She embraced the call. And she walked down the path that God laid out for her. You see, Jesus came for all people. For all people. January 8th, I'm really excited. We're starting a brand new series. Simply entitled, Go. Because, you see, this story of Christmas is all about action, right? It's all about Jesus coming into this world to live in this world and to die in this world so that you and I can have eternal life. It's a story of action. It's a story of hope. It's a story of joy. It's a story of love. And so we're going to kick off this new year on January 8th. And we as a church are going to look at the simple word, go. Because you know what? It's really the story of Jesus. The story of Christmas. Christmas is one of my favorite times of year, and uh, I grew up, and uh, it was always a very special uh, time for me with my my sister and my parents, and uh, it's where all these traditions kind of started, and my wife and I have just added and added and added to them, but one of the traditions that um, goes back as far as I can ever remember, 
mean, this, this little book was, was written in like 1973. Is every Christmas morning, before we open presents, my mom and dad would read this story to us as kids. And as we got older as kids, uh, we'd pass it around the circle and we'd read every page. It was our moment as a family to get, keep focused on the reason for Christmas. Yeah, the presents were going to be there. But it was our moment as a family to say, you know what? We've got to keep focused on what Christmas is all about. And the first year that uh, my wife and I had kids, my, my mom literally made a, a color copy of the book and bound it, and she brought it to us and said, now you can carry the tradition on with your family. So every Christmas morning, my wife and I sit around. My nine-year-old now reads as part of the circle. My five-year-old will be able to pick out words tomorrow morning. So I just want to read this to you. And what I ask is, maybe just pause and just take a deep breath. We're going to be done in a few moments, and then sanity is going to ensue for your life. But maybe right now, right now, Focus on Jesus. Mary and Joseph lived in a house where Joseph made things of wood, chairs and a table and even a cradle the very best way that he could. Mary dusted and swept the floor. She liked to sew and bake bunches of grapes with little corn cakes and other good things she would make. One day, when their work was all finished, Joseph came home with some news The emperor says we must go to the city. We'll need clothing and food and shoes. For Bethlehem is far away, and when we get there, we'll have to stay to be counted and told how much tax we must pay. They took their things and made a pack and placed it on a donkey's back. They fixed a seat so Mary could ride while Joseph walked along beside. When they finally reached Bethlehem town, Mary was tired and wanted to lie down. They went to the inn and knocked on the door, but the innkeeper said, There's no room for more, unless, of course, you think you're able to sleep with the sheep and cows in the stable. Thank you, Mary and Joseph said. We'll use some nice fresh hay for a bed. The town was quiet and folks were asleep. You could hardly hear a coo or a peep. All was dark and all was still, but in that stable on a hill, there was a cry, there was a light. A baby boy boy was born that night. His name is Jesus, Mary said, and they made him a manger bed. She gently patted her her little one, and Joseph said, he's God's own son. While shepherds were watching their sheep that night, they suddenly saw a great shining light. Something was happening in the sky, and soon an angel appeared on high. Don't be afraid, the angel said, in Bethlehem in a manger bed. You'll see a sight to bring great joy. You'll find a special baby boy. He is your Savior, God's own Son. He has come with love for everyone. The shepherds looked up as the heavens rang. Glory to God, the angels sang. Let's go see, let's go to see this wonderful child. And the shepherds hurried away across the field and down the road to the stable where Jesus lay. May we come in, the shepherds said. And Mary softly, said softly, please do. My baby is the world's true king. 
He is your Savior too. And so they knelt and worshipped him, and they were filled with joy that God has sent to save the world this tiny baby boy. Lord, I just thank you for this Christmas Eve. A time for all of us to come and just take a breath. Lord, may tomorrow come and be an amazing day to celebrate with friends and family. But Lord, may we remember what it's all about. In the name of pray. Amen.